Welcome back to MMA FanCast. Today on the show, we are going to talk about Bellator NYC and its effect on the industry, where they're at as it relates to the UFC. We're going to talk about the poor man's Conor McGregor. Scott Coker is doing amazing things with the brand of Bellator, but what does all that mean? We're also going to talk a lot about Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. They're ready to do battle. And now I turn it over to my good friend, Mike Goldberg. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. It's a whirlwind week this week, and we're getting ready for an exciting and very busy time because we have International Fight Week coming up this week. So we're going to get into that as well as some other things. I am your host, Ryan Middleton, and I am joined. We have a full crew here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I am first joined by the man, the legend, Jim Sahara Mooney. I knew he was talking about me. The flexing sensation. That's the nickname I gave you last yes, week. I knew you were talking. You said legend. I am legend. I am legend. You what's haven't up? even flexed. What's up? Yeah, what's what up? the heck? Where's I don't need to. Okay. Here's yeah. one. Yeah. All right. We needed to see the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We got the video podcast going on today. Pitches that way. Okay. And so that's it. Not only do we have. I need to Jim some Sahara Mooney who now for doing that. Also happens to be the oldest man that any of us have ever met in our lives. Let's talk about the person that is flanked to the oldest man. Flanked. In addition to that, we have the charismatic, the um, just That's enigmatic, already too many glorious ginger, the glorious ginger. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Dactyl. I'm I'm impressed that you remembered my name because it seems like every time I'm on here, you're like, "What's your name again?" That's because it's not your name. Well, details, details. Keanu Reeves isn't his name, but no, that's who you know him. By. It is. I don't think it is. I think he changed his name early in his career. We'll have to look. It Wikipedia was Keanu Reeves. See, there you go. But and who is he? He didn't want to be confused Reeves. with. Darrell Rivas. Well, I want to make sure that I'm not confused with the pterodactyl. That's why I am Terry Dactyl. You know, we've been saying Terry Dactyl for so long that when you just said pterodactyl, I was like, he missaid it. Because I thought it was called a Terry Dactyl. <laughs> and we are actually now sitting in the same position we were at breakfast when I referenced his pterodactyl wing in Ooh, my breakfast. In full circle. And full circle. Behind, no, behind, behind, behind you, you. Behind me. CM Punk. No. Yes. 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 I didn't have to turn around. I could look at him the whole time. 
No, I, you guys are wrong. Anyway, <laughs> we are here, and let, let, let's start off with, just right off the bat, I want to start off with an apology. We know that the audio is not great today, and, and that is something that we are going to fix for next week. Uh, we are in the middle of a renovation of the studio at octagon247.com, and so we have not had time to, to uh, soundproof the room. That'll be taken care of for you next week. So please bear with us. We appreciate that. Um, and and yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, as many of you know, we were in attendance at Bellator NYC, which was also Bellator 180 on Spike and on Pay-Per-View. And we wanted to share um, some of our experiences and really talk about that experience. One of the things that we set out to do when we started this website and this podcast is to really give the fans the perspective that they aren't getting from the media. And, and that is how do fans think? What's it like behind the scenes? What's it like? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well as some of the fights that we saw. Some of the craziness. It was a crazy night of fights. It was a exhilarating night of fights, and there were some other things going on too inside the arena. There was that you and I got to. I to want to hear about that. Um, I don't know what exactly you're referencing, but that's that's fine. Tito almost brought down the stands. Correct. What? Yes, we'll we'll get into that. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, yeah, all kind of stuff. I my favorite was the was the expletive you. Tito chance coming from yes. the crowd. Yeah, I mean, very, there was a lot. I think you could probably hear that on TV. It was during the Chelsea and, and Vanderlei Silva fight, and it was great. Tito in his rented suit. Tito. He's, <laughs> he, he, I, I, that's who I want The funny thing is, I wanted a picture with Tito um, the, this week, and and. I got the opportunity to take a picture. It was a selfie. And you did get a picture. I did get a picture. It was the worst picture ever. (laughs) Like, you can't even see anything. (laughs) For some reason, the camera didn't focus or something. And it's just a big blur. Tito's a ghost. Tito is... And I am as well. Or a vampire. You cannot capture him (laughs) cleanly. I am as well. So, we have that. We're going to talk more about Bellator 180. Um... And, you know, that was a card I was looking forward to. There were some freak show fights on there. And uh, a new up-and-comer, that James... <laughs> wow. That was... Not only was was it extremely loud... That was a sneeze, by the way, by Terry Dactyl. Yeah. And that's why he's named Terry Dactyl. Because... Not only did he sneeze like a screaming sneeze, <laughs> but he also creaked the chair that we, uh, as we said, we were going through renovations. But that was like extremely loud in both circumstances. Right. Well, I mean, I sneezed on the last spot or coughed. I had to cough. Oh, that's but right. you, you prefaced it. Also. You said, Excuse he said, me? you know what? I apologize. <clears throat> this is just clearly out of nowhere. No, he's we, He cannot be part of the team anymore. He is just... He's too much. We should get rid of him now. 
Now you guys live can so to your corner. Go. You can see now if you're on the YouTube feed what we have to deal with with Terry Dactyl. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally lost my train of thought. Thanks, Bell, Terry. Just talking about uh, Bellator. And oh, I was the- I was going to talk about um, my boy James Gall Gallahay. Gallahay? Gallahay is correct. Is at least how he pronounces it. And wow, he came in there and all the smack talk and all of the the um just the bravado mm-hmm. and the obnoxiousness. Yes. Um but he, he backed came, it up. He came in and really, really backed it up. I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that because as I told you guys before we started. I saw some clips on him, and I thought, this is the Bellator's watered-down version. It's a poor man's Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah, you called it that. I'm, I'm glad to hear that he is his own unique fighter and has a personality, but he, he's a fighter, first and foremost. So that's good to hear. No, you, uh, we were talking about this um, prior to the podcast, and you had made reference, I'm talking to you, Dan, about his antics and was he a copycat of McGregor and that you didn't like it. And to some extent I'm in the same boat with that because I I feel like now there's going to be this over the top trash talk in between fighters trying to play off of what McGregor does. And it's gone from, in my opinion, gone from, the talk to the antics and the physical physicality of it and mimicking things that he might do. And he came out with the flag, with the walk. Well, he, I'm talking about that walk yeah. from Vince McMahon, by he the way. He did that too. And you know, that part, um, coming out with the flag, you know, that's um, not something that. These really two aren't strangers. Me. Connor likes him. Right. And I don't know if they train together at all. I, I th- actually, I think they yeah, do because they the have the same. Camp. Yeah. They have the same um, head coach. So, but he came. Um, this was at uh, the ceremonial weigh-ins when they did the face-off, and he came out like the uh, the mascot for Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, and he had his his fist up, like almost straight up in the air. It was an odd pose. Oh, you mean when they squared off? Yeah. Okay. And um, it just at that point it seemed like. He was trying to hype it up, but hindsight, after seeing him in the ring, his walkout and you know everything about that whole incident, fight, post-fight also, that's who he is. I don't think that he was... I think James Galhay is himself. Yeah, I, I kind of got that he was, he was himself exaggerated, which was what we, what we call for. We call for people to be who they are, and maybe turn it up a couple notches, yeah. and and that's the the mo. That's the that's what drives your marketability to be as much as it can be to really gain the attention, to gain the interest, to hook fans in, and to really um, maximize your earning potential. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was looking at something on uh, the two thirteen card. Yeah. So. so 
So if but, if a guy like James Galilee Gallahee, I don't Gallagher. have tr- trouble with that. Just go with Gallagher. We know who you're talking about. <laughs> if a guy like that can kind of be listen, this is Bellator. This is the UFC. If he can be a guy who gains attention and gains traction, and he does it using the same um, mo as the, the the top guy in the company, he's the same descent. He's the same camp. There's nothing. I, I don't see anything wrong with it, and he's being himself. He's a little brash. He's a little obnoxious. He's, he's a little PMCM. crazy. You know, poor man's Conor McGregor. Yeah. Are you, uh, you coining that? I I. I believe I just did. PMCM. 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 He's the other CM. Yeah. The other one's a punk. Well, he's sort of a punk because of his age. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think there's a fine line that the fighters all have to be aware of so that they don't cross over it and then become obnoxious and you see it as, as being fake. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what you don't want it to turn into. You don't want it to be a circus. You don't want it to be um, so obnoxious and so over the top that it seems fake. Yes. But there's a fine line there. I will say this. Bellator seems to have, and I'm, I, of course I bring everything back to professional wrestling, but they've got the, 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 the entrances. they got the, I mean, I guess UFC has the music too, but they've got the ramp. It's almost, it has a little bit more of a wrestling feel to it agreed, than UFC. Agreed. There's a little bit more production value with the entrances and all that kind of stuff. It's it's more showy. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I like that it looks different than UFC. I think that's that's a good thing. I just don't know if, if I look at it and it just doesn't feel the same as UFC. But now that they have Goldberg, I mean... That's huge. It, it does give it more of a UFC. They got some feel. players there now. Well, so the, we talked about James Galilee Gallagher, whatever. Galileo. Galahay. Galileo. Galahay. Galahay. We we talk about him and guys. I don't know if you remember watching Bellator One Seventy Eight, but I was there in person and saw AJ McKee. Taking on Dominic mm-hmm. Mazzotta, and with that high head kick that was went right through his block. Tried to block it, and and those two have a beef. Galloway and AJ McKee are beefing big time. They're in the same division. They're they're two guys that look like they're a future. They are future of the of the division. I'm not talking just Bellator. I'm talking guys that could be the future of the division, period. And so I think those two both have the have the star power of McKee being a second-generation uh, fighter. His dad's Antonio McKee, who was a, a, a UFC veteran. Most of his career was fought outside of the UFC of the regional circuit, but a, a stud, um, a solid fighter. And AJ McKee is very marketable, a brash young guy. And you also have uh, Gallahee, who is as brash as they come. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I don't see a point in Bellator sitting on that. I, I think that could be a rivalry for years to come. I know there's hesitancy to take two 
young rising studs and putting them against each other because one drops. But you could have one drop regardless. Anyway, might as well get that fight, let that rivalry start as soon as possible so you can have a... I was going to say, maybe they do it. Uh, yeah. Well, one of them's going to climb the trilogy. ladder. That's yeah. what I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> one of them's going to climb the ladder and one of them's going to drop. And so I doubt that, you know, you don't just have them do a trilogy right off the bat. They could be not no, Trilogy matched. over the next few years. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like to see those back-to-backs and then a year later is the third fight or something like that. Span it out. Give some yeah, time and, over four and build five years it. To well, I mean, we're putting the cart before the horse. They could have an uncompetitive fight that doesn't <clears throat> warrant any rematch. But yeah. well, and, we saw, and we saw other. that and how boring that was. Yeah. With, wow. with Bader oh, and Davis. That, that was grueling. Those two do not... And I tweeted this during the fight. If anyone is still unconvinced that these two don't make for... It's a competitive fight. It's really... It's it's just not good television. It's not good action. It's not... It's high level. No no issues with that, but it's not exciting. Okay. Um, and you have to have a certain level of, of appreciation for tactic and game plan. And, I mean... Essentially, a lot of people just want to see two people going out there and try to end fights one way or Take another. Take each other's head off. Correct. And and that was so far from that. It was very strategic and very, I'm going to wait for you to go, you know, extend so I can counter. And, you know, very, uh, they have a lot of respect for each other and wanted to stay away from each other's power and. Yeah, not a good fight, not an exciting fight. Not at all. Um, just running down, we're going to start, we'll, we'll start talking about the main event. Chelson and Wanderlei Silva. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that Silva was as, um, he, he, he wasn't as angry in the cage as I right. thought he would appear to be. He was more controlled than I thought he would be, which I, all in all, the guy doesn't sprawl. His plan was to get taken down at will when possible. It looked like it. Yeah. I mean, he had no... He, like, didn't react to a shot at all. It was as if he didn't plan on trying to avoid a takedown. And that's not a good game plan against Joe Sonnen. <laughs> no, because he's... He wants to take him down. He's got good ground and pound. And um, it just it was... Even though uh, Silva's um, high-level jiu-jitsu, I just think at that age, and for as long as he's had a layoff, it's been, what, four years since he fought last? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's definitely... I believe that there's ring rust. Um, that's just my opinion, but I don't think that you can sustain that um, full guard at 40 like you can at 35 or 30. I think the weight of your opponent on top of you, you know, 200 plus pounds, is going to wear on you much, much quicker, probably tenfold versus two years ago or five years ago. And I think he was just. It was a bad game plan. If that you know, I don't know 
if that's what he wanted to do, get him to the ground in full guard and then try and turn it from there. Well, it, it wasn't regardless, working. Wasn't regardless working. of game plan, like where does that leave Vonderlay now? I mean, does he... The guy just got beat up for three rounds pretty bad. I mean, he landed a, a good shot that, that wobbled Son and put him on his butt, actually. Um, outside of that, he got dominated. And from a guy that just lost to Tito Ortiz. From a guy, yeah. Well, he has to, ch- he has to change his game plan. He can't be Wanderlei from 10 years ago. He's got to completely change it. Expect that his opponent is going to try and take him down. And he's got to be able to. He's to no spring him. chicken. Does he have? I agree, and that's that's where I was going. He's got to take into account his age. That he's not going to be able to do it. What he did years ago. Do they have a testing policy for Bellator? Is it the same as? Is it USADA? Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I don't know because they have. Shale said he's clean-ish, and I believe him. Well, that he's I, clean-ish. I, I I actually don't believe him. I I I believe that he is completely clean. Okay. Because he looked much better. Because if you his physique, look at his physique in this past fight versus the Tito Ortiz yeah, fight. Those are months and months apart. If you're highly trained, I mean, versus not, it doesn't take long to. In between fights, John Jones looks completely different than before fight. And that's in the matter of a eight week, nine week camp. So I think he, I think Chael is telling the truth when he says I don't because if you were taking something, you are, you are putting a bullseye on you for testing for. This guy's he, he look. I love Chael. Um, I probably love Chael even more than you guys do, but he got popped for tests years ago. Correct. He got popped a couple times. Yeah. So, I think he's clean-ish. I think he was telling the truth. But it doesn't make sense for... It's not something that makes sense for him to say if he actually was telling the truth because you're putting a target on your on yourself. I don't think he does that if he's, if he's sincere. Vonderlei, by the way, turns 41... He looks old. He's tomorrow. Old, he's an old forty-one. He, when you're listening to this, it's Vanderlei's uh, birthday, or he already had his birthday, and he's forty as of July second, and turns forty-one on July third. I my suggestion is that Vanderlei take one more fight, get get a win to leave, and 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 hang it up. So, something that we've talked about several times in the past few months is what you've wanted to see, and that's a Legends division. Yeah, that's called Bellator. But I'm saying that (laughs) this is what it would look like. Something along what we saw with Chell and Silva. And we can't expect to see the high-level... Um, competition that we saw years ago from these guys, and we got to expect that it's going to be watered down. 
So if if that's what these fighters want to do, we got to you know hold them to what we see now and not you know say well, well no one's suggesting that a legends division fight so the point of a legends division fight is to give these athletes somewhere to compete to continue their career continue making some money when the yeah. money's there to be had and it's not it's not to be um a main event fight in Bellator or in the UFC or in even World Series of Fighting. It's it's the intent. Get them on the card. Would be to, to to be an attraction and let guys' careers extend a little bit longer against competition that's in the same spot as them, the same rough rough age range, that kind of thing. So I mean that's where I am with the Legends Division, and not really, don't really see it as anything. Um, but that I, I literally see Bellator as the legends division. Just go to Bellator when they're done. Well, here, so Bellator is doing a good job of taking guys with big names. Yeah. So th- their strategy right now—they're past their prime, but they still have some prime. But correct. But I think what they're trying to do is have a mixture of young up and coming guys that are their guys, their brand, yes. that kind of thing. Have that mixture with guys that are big names, Fedor, Matt Mitrione, guys who made their name in the UFC, take that combination and build their own stars. Now, what I it makes sense. I, I got to tell you and you'll appreciate this, Altieri. I had a feeling or I'm sorry, Terry Dactyl. He says my first name. You say my last name. My You're name calling it out Terry. right now. No one could have caught on to it except for you, but you just called it out, Dan Altieri. Anyway, <laughs> I got to tell you, when I was sitting there, and I think I said this to you, Sarah, I had a WCW feeling. I had a... As I looked down and looked ringside and I saw Tito Ortiz and I saw him laughing and having a good old time and I saw Dan Henderson laughing and having a good old time and I saw um, other Randy Couture. Randy Couture. Really? They're all there. All of these guys. Big Chuck was there. Chuck was there. No. Who? Oh. Chuck uh, Zito? Zito, yeah. Chuck oh, I, Zito I there. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was... Uh, who else? There's all these guys there having a good old time. And I got that feeling of... This is what WCW did. They had all those guys that were kind of the inmates running the asylum. Letting them do their thing. I hope, Hopefully it's WCW and not TNA. Well, <laughs> it, it was it did give a WCW feel. That's and good because you know what? It's only going to take one really big name from the UFC, like a like a John Jones or Connor's not going anywhere, but John maybe. Mm, no, no. I mean, he would have to really screw. He up skates again. on, but I'm just saying he skates on such thin ice as it is. But he would have to like, really screw up again. They're not going to make another brand. 
with John Jones' name. They're not going to let him go and make another. Well, name. you know what is um, the name part is going to be tough because the UFC is. I, I believe the UFC will hold on to that name recognition because they've got in their prime, right? Well, I mean, just think of the talent that has come over from the UFC: Ryan Bader, Phil Davis. Separate those two, and those are exciting fights to watch. Yeah, yeah, those okay. two away from each other. Rory McDonald. You know, it's not like big country. Big country. Yeah, I mean I they like they've got legitimate got talent, out, right? solid talent to to you, you push. Thought he got kicked out of I, the UFC. Yeah. yeah. Because no. remember, he kicked the ref. No, and we talked to him about it. I know, I saw that. I saw that was his that. biggest regret, was yeah. kicking yeah. Big John. Big said Big John didn't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Until he told him. <laughs> Why'd you tell him? Not much of a kicker, <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah, so just to finish my point, um, I think it's going to be tough to draw a big name. they they got to capitalize on the talent that's coming over and make them... A big name, or at least equate to what they were in the UFC and build I think, on that. I I disagree. I think the the young guys are their money makers, their breadwinners. The AJ McKee well, and not and, yet and, though. And how they prove how they become how they inch closer to the UFC is by taking those guys and making them stars and keeping them. Keeping them might be the hardest part because those guys are going to want to be at the highest level with the highest level of competition because the guys that are leaving the baiters and stuff, they're they're over. They just want to make as much money as they can. Yeah, I get and that. And so that's why they've left. The, the, the young guys, the challenge with them is they haven't been at the top. They haven't seen, hey, can I be making $15 million a fight like Conor McGregor. Can I be that guy? And they're going to want that chance. And so for them not to jump ship when they can is going to be tough. But it's it's going to be interesting for us as fans to get to see how this plays out. Because oh, yeah. There, yeah. Was, there, was, there were definitely shots fired with this latest card. I mean, they threw out everything. It was at MSG, and they, they've now got Mike Goldberg and, you know, well, and Fedor and... And in the in my interview with Scott Coker, which you can find on our YouTube channel, and you look very confident in that interview, my God. <laughs> Thank you. That interview, even despite some this, of the comments, the user, you you know what though? You've got people talking. People haters are gonna hate. Haters <laughs> gonna hate. And I can't control that. So, but Scott. Coker, despite what he said that, hey, they're their own brand, we're doing our own thing, I'm telling you, if you watch that Bellator pre-fight press conference from Thursday before the fights, it is clear as day, it was clear to me that there were... We are declaring war. ...direct shots at the UFC, particularly from Kevin Kay, who is a, who's the Spike president that um, has a previous history with the UFC, you could tell that the goal was not just to be as big as Bellator could be. It was to... They, the, they, they want to get on to that overtake them. Field. Yeah, they want to... Well, and, and, you know, not even necessarily overtake them because, I mean, come on, they're not going to overtake them. They want to. I'm telling you... Is that possible? Spike TV. Is that possible? Like, they, have the, they have Viacom behind them. 
Right, but there's only so much high-level talent out there. Correct. So at some point, you've got well, to recognize I, You know what? There's, there's, oh, there's a ton of undiscovered talent There may be undiscovered there. talent, but here's what you have to remember. They have to be talented and marketable. marketable. That's and, true. And, and that's the challenge with it is, look, you can have a lot of world-class fighters fight on a pay-per-view and not sell very many because there's nobody that really draws the interest of people. When I watched that press conference for 180... Yeah, look at Mighty Mouse. He's a perfect example. Perfect example. One of the, you know, maybe one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the history of the UFC and mixed martial arts, but it doesn't matter because nobody... He doesn't have enough eyeballs. But I watched that press conference. Chael Sonnen had me rolling. He can sell a fight. He's marketable. As a casual fan... I don't necessarily care that he has passed his prime because he has talked me into the building. I wanted to see the fight. And, and, and there are a lot of journalists who I've read that just are basically tired of that shtick. Tired of the chael shtick. And I have to tell you... Because they've seen it for so long. Because they've seen it for so long. Guess what? I'm not one of those. Now, Neither am I. What, now, here's the thing. Are there some things he says that you're like, dude, come up with a new line? Yes. <laughs> One more for the bad guy. Get rid of that. So find something else. That's like it's, his Razor Ramon thing, though. Yeah, but I... I'm it, just saying, like, that's... It doesn't get the reaction. I know, did but... come up with a good one at that press conference when he got distracted. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and he said, hey, sweet potato. Sweet potato. <laughs> I mean, and that you can also find on our uh, YouTube page. Guys, we just, we, we like I said, we apologize for the audio today, but what we need you to do is, is to go on the podcast, and if you're listening in iTunes or whatever, we need you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, it helps the algorithm. It does. It helps us out. It helps us be able to make all this magic happen. This magic. Yes. What do you think, Jim Sahara? And you're going to see this podcast posted on YouTube. So go on there, leave your comments, and click the subscribe button so that you can get updates for when we put uh, new videos out. Right now we don't have a schedule for that, um, but, uh, but that's coming down the road. Not too far off in the distance, but um, don't forget about our YouTube channel. Let's talk about the main event, where actually the co-main event. Yes, I was hoping. Which was which was a dramatic, very cool double knockdown. Uh, It was a stunning moment where everyone's coming from the arena point of view. Everyone's jaw dropped. You knew you were seeing something freaky and special and crazy and and it was happening before your eyes and then you know Mitrione the difference the difference between the knockdowns is Fedor got knocked on his back and Mitrione got knocked on his butt and so Mitrione was able to get up quicker and just landed some power shots and and knocked Fedor out on the ground and what was awesome. it was unbelievable you guys have wait. I gotta pause there for a second. You guys have seen some really cool moments in that building. That's your mm-hmm. second. Yeah. That's your second MMA show. You got to at see Madison Square, Square Garden. Garden. Yeah. 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 Um. You got to see Conor McGregor hold up both belts. 
You got to see Fedor get knocked out. I mean, that's that's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, we and and I taking a look at the fights I've seen live and who I've seen live over the my lifetime. I've seen some awesome fighters, some high level, like a lot of good fighters, and some that I even forgot that I saw live. So it's it's pretty cool looking back. Um, but Matt Mitrione, we we spent a little bit of time with. What a cool, like just a cool He's a chill guy. guy. Yeah. He is, and uh, I really I really liked him. Really liked he, you know, I mean he made a fan of me. Uh, he's a guy that I wanted to see success for, and when you beat a guy like Fedor on, a, on in the spotlight like that, and only good things can come from that. And so I just wish him the best, and really want to see. It's tough because the Bellator heavyweight division, there's no champion. There's why is there no champion? It's a there's I I don't even <clears throat> to be honest I don't know the history. I just know the belt is vacant. Currently, um, why didn't they just make that for the belt? Yeah, I don't know. The, I think they have some signing. I forget where it was said, but there was maybe it was at the press conference. Scott Coker made a mention of he did, yeah. the heavyweight, um, and and that there were some things in the works, and that the heavyweight division was going to be a priority going forward. That they had worked on some other things, and now they're gonna. Kind of make the heavyweight division a, a bigger priority. So, uh, but Mitrion made a household name of from MMA fans with that. Um, even casual fans that watched Fedor, um, it was nice to see and uh, very down to earth guy. Um, so, what 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 do you guys think is next for Fedor? That's what I was just pulling up. I, I don't think he fight? had. Well, I mean that's that's all he's looking at now. I don't. He's he's a guy that's not gonna turn down a fight because of you know who his opponent is. Maybe fight style some legends, heavyweight legends. Uh, the person that immediately comes to mind for me is Randy. Does he does Randy come out of retirement to take that fight at this point? I don't know. Does he need the money? I mean, he's Randy Couture. Yeah. He's how old now though? 49? 50. Yeah, 50? 51, 52, yeah, something like that. I think he's probably 50. I don't know, though. It's been six years, I think, since he fought. So maybe he, maybe he's 52 or 53. I'm going to pull that up. Um, now, how old... We talked about this before. How old was Couture when he... 42. No, when he took his first fight. Wasn't he like 34? He's 54 years old, guys. TRT worked for me. Fifty-four years old. The, the, um, guy's, the guy's not that TRT. old. So fifty-four <laughs> is not that old. I would be at fifty if I had money and I was fifty. I think you should get on TRT. He's yeah, I should, huh? <laughs> he's a different kind of fifty-four, though. Yeah, you know? he's a Captain America fifty-four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you're a superhero, age is just a number. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just don't know what's next for Fedor. Well, that the heavyweight division is kind of in limbo for Bellator because there's not a lot of draw, I guess you could say, that goes beyond those two. And I think that they're well, trying and, to and, build it. And the... Um, oh, 
It's his name, the big guy. Oh, the big guy. Roy? Roy Nelson. Oh, yeah, big country. Oh, yeah. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll fight for the title. Yeah, in fact, yes. That's probably what he will do. He probably will fight for the title. He'll probably fight Mitrione. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily... I don't know. Yeah. I, it sounds... Remember, remember from your interview? He's like, I, I don't know. I just want to fight for a title. I bet you that he fights... No, I, for, think, I think they announced Roy Nelson's first fight. Against who? Not Mitrione. Who is it? I don't know. Oh, you don't know. Is it for a title? It is not. Okay. I Maybe think there's something, there's something in the works with the Bellator heavyweight division. There's something... Um, yeah, maybe a Czech Congo. Yeah, maybe a Czech Congo. He's, uh, I believe he is um, number five. I'm trying to get a list of Bellator heavyweights. Okay, here we go. So we have... Who would be a reasonable I mean what are you doing with Bobby Lashley well that's right Bobby Lashley I forgot about him I mean he's 5-0 and in Bellator he's 15-2 and overall now just out of curiosity has he had like challenging matchups or is that I mean, somebody that they want to you know because again that's where I see Bellator having a little bit more of the showmanship they want to keep a guy like that they, they, they maybe want to build up his win streak and and until what though? I, mean, I don't at some know. point. Well, that, but that's what I mean. Maybe. At some point, you there has to be strategy. Like it doesn't do you any good to build up his win streak if you're not going to use that for something. Right. Um. He's beat James Thompson. I mean, <clears throat> Rampage is in there. That'd be an interesting fight, Rampage and Lashley. Uh, I don't know. I think Lashley would get him on the ground and just. Hold him there and beat him up. <laughs> I mean, he's just so much bigger. I'm just saying, for me as a well, casual actually, fan, now that Rampage is huge, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, he's a lot different build with the same amount of weight, probably. I don't know. That's what do you do with this division? They still have Ken Shamrock listed in the division. It's funny, <laughs> but you got some like Tyrell Fortune is a up and coming young guy. He's a uh, uh, high level NCAA wrestler. Um, he's three and O MMA, three and O Bellator. Um, you know, there's some guys here that are are good, but it's a mess without a champion. It's it's messy. So you got to figure out. I, I'm thinking. So here's my thoughts: that they have some guys in mind. They have another guy that might be coming over, and they have a four man tournament in one night. I just realized. I would like to see that. I think that would draw. That would be a card that would draw. When you do something like that, you know, it's going to be. It's going to be eye candy. The, with the Fourth of July coming up, there are actually fireworks (laughs) that you can hear from inside the studio, and I don't know if we're going to be able to hear that. The microphone's going to pick that up, but I can actually hear fireworks. I'm realizing something though. Okay, so you you covered 178 for Bellator. How long ago? A couple uh, weeks? No, month and a month, half. Two months. Okay. 
in the last two months, we've talked about Bellator an insane amount compared to the first, how many, 25 episodes, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. We've talked about Bellator. Very, very little. On average, two minutes a, a, an episode, if you, if you literally talk. So there's something happening here. Well, we got credentialed. Well, okay, so that's <laughs> that's a part of it. But I mean, but okay, so that was part of it. But now, I mean, I don't think we've talked about anything. But we haven't even talked about Mayweather and McGregor at this point. Yeah, this is not going to be our typical hour, hour and fifteen minute podcast. This is going to be a longer podcast because we got so many things we got to talk about. So if you're if you're ready to go for a two hour podcast, keep on rolling because I'm sure we have some. Uh, this is for a good commute, though. You know, you get the, the commute there, you get to listen to us, and then when you're on your way home and you need something else to listen to, you still have us. And you have enough of us to listen to for the whole week. <laughs> I mean, you can go, if you got a 15-minute commute to work, you got a whole week's worth of material right here home and to and from home. These are all true statements. But here's the problem. People that have a 45-minute commute each way... They're going to run out of material for us. Like in two days. <laughs> anyway, um, Michael Chandler. Did you... What What a crazy... That was crazy. That was very crazy. You know, the, the one thing... You and I had... Number one, we had awesome seats. Awesome um, seats. Front row. Literally front row. Um... Behind what I would call the glass. Well, yeah, it would have been front row glass if it was right. hockey game. The hockey game, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but it looked like they had like a uh, celebrity section right in front of us, or uh, maybe family section. But mm-hmm. it was only what four rows, something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're watching that fight. So you guys are four, like fifth row from the cage, basically. Correct. Yeah, it, it was uh, tremendous seats, um, but. We saw when Chandler grabbed his thigh, there was a a kick to his his left thigh. And you Very early, real early, yeah. And it was almost it was like just above the knee, but he yeah. was reaching up like at his upper thigh on the side. He kept reaching, so I don't know exactly. And then there was happened. a time when he maybe ten seconds after that, where he lifted it almost like he was flexing it. Or trying to get a feel for it, but we picked that up real early. Yeah, and and we we both mentioned it to each other like something's not right. Right, something's wrong with his leg, and we weren't really sure what it was. But so I don't know what it was. To me, it seemed like there was some nerve, something a pinched nerve or something, and that was causing him to lose. This is all. I don't know what's come out since the fight, but it looked to me like there was diagnosis, some, Middleton. yes, this is Dr. Middleton. <laughs> it looked to me like he had a pinched nerve or something like that. And he was losing feeling in his foot and in his, like below his ankle. And that's why he kept turning over. You ever like have your foot fall asleep yep. and you can't like, it, it feels weird and you can't really... That, to me, looked like what it was for him. And I think they announced the next day that he didn't have a broken ankle. That, right. 
that to yeah. me further makes me think that's the case. When that happened, I thought it was a pinched nerve, some kind of damage like that. I didn't think he broke his ankle or so, or something. I thought he couldn't feel it, and that, therefore he was clumsy. He was like kept turning it because he could, didn't have feeling yeah. in it. That's what it looked like to me. So at this point, it's pro, it's a he's got a sprain, probably a high ankle sprain, but that stemmed from what you and I thought. I I feel like there was something else that caused him to start rolling. Absolutely, rolling his ankle. I'm in agreement with you 100. percent Yeah. And it was just a shame to me because Primus got booed very loudly at Madison Square Garden. And that's Chandler's home state and hometown. So that's to be expected. But it's just unfortunate when when you win your first belt. The guy's undefeated in MMA now. He's 8-0. It happened from something he did. It wasn't like this freak thing. No, yeah. He kicked him. And it hurt him, and then he started not being able to use his leg correctly, <laughs> and 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 yet he got booed as if he cheated or did something, and, and it's it, it was just it it kind of stunk thinking about how exciting that must have been for him to accomplish like this and to just get nailed with boos. Um, I felt bad for him. Well, he's the away team. Yeah, but it's it's personal when it's not when it's and then so a lot of times people the 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 oh because yeah okay. oh, the away team wins, um you know the the away fighter wins but it's a respect it's considered like respectable for the fans and and they just like don't boo you but they might not be happy right yeah, I don't know if they were booing him they well as, they announced him and it was boo they oh, announced yeah. him as, yeah and and so. But that's how he had to feel, and it's stuck. Oh, I would have felt just, the same way, but I, I felt like it was um, the fans and the decision stopping the fight, plus the antics going on with Chandler number one, with his chair being pulled out from under him. Fans were, you know, booing the chair that. thing was yeah. crazy. Yeah. What happened there? So after the the fight, when right before they called it, I think it was right before they it called right it, right they after called they it, called yep. it, Chandler was sitting down on a, on the stool, and then he stood up to like pump the fans up, like on to try time. to get fans to like to like cheer so that they let the fight continue. And then he went to sit back down, and the and the commission guy had pulled the chair out. And he thinking he was going to stand up, you know, and stay. He literally position. went to sit back down, and boom on the and it was just like a con, uh, like a series of <laughs> weird, crazy, funny, unfortunate things. And it, um, anything else about Bellator NYC One Eighty? You guys wanted to talk about Zach Freeman and oh, yeah. what he did to. What I would consider Bellator's wannabe golden boy, Aaron Pico, and the hype that they had around Aaron Pico. And Dan, if, if you could see, it was so much of what happened in that fight. The focus for Bellator, 100% was all Aaron Pico, Aaron Pico, Aaron Pico. They had this video montage of him and his 
career leading up to his first professional fight. And they bring him out, or this is at the ceremonial weigh-in. They bring Zach Freeman out first after they show this video. And Freeman makes a comment, something to the effect of, well, you can see that there's no video for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I think he was on the beginning of the video for like five seconds. Yeah, but it wasn't a video for him. It was... It was all Aaron Pico. Mm -hmm. And then he just, he wrapped him up like a pretzel. Like that. It, what, what was it? It was it was 20 quick. some seconds. Maybe I, not even. Yeah, I was actually. 24 seconds, I think. Like tweeting or something and missed it. Mm -hmm. And had it's to like watch that, the replay. Remember the Verdun kick against Travis Brown? Yeah. Starts off with a flying kick. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Well, that's the <laughs> problem. <laughs> that's the problem with cover, like covering fights live in person is you could go to live tweet and all of a sudden you just missed a lot of good stuff. <coughs> okay. If there's nothing else you guys want to talk about about Bellator 180, let's move on. Well, okay. There, there is yeah, one more thing. <laughs> let's cut them off. And <laughs> I know Ryan's going to have something to say about this, but we met, not sure who we met, but... We thought that uh, so okay so let me let me give a little bit of the. I have no idea what he's talking you about. You do know. You do know. We're sitting there, and there's somebody sitting in front of us, like two. Oh oh oh! This uh, is hilarious. <laughs> yes, you got to tell this story. Yeah, I I told Jen, I told my wife, and she's cracking up over this story. So this is, I want you to think of Ricky. Lundell, okay? Uh, so, that's um, my favorite. <laughs> so there's this guy standing there. Not standing there, but he's, you know, he's watching the fights. He's in front of us, two rows in front. And he, I can see that he has these uh, Muay Thai gloves. And they're obviously signed. And I'm not sure, couldn't see the signature on it, but I just know that it was a fighter that had signed it. And he turns a little, and I can only see him from the side. I'm like, dude, I'm talking right. I'm like, see that guy right there? That's Anthony Bourdain. And Ryan says, Who's Anthony yeah. Bourdain? So I tell him, um, but then, you know, I guess I'm telling him, right. So Ryan looks him up, and he sees that, you know, um, it's a Mind show. you, I'm just looking at the back of the guy's head. Right. You had de determined it was Anthony Bourdain for a while. Sure. So Ryan then says, Jim, he just, he just uh, finished filming in Pittsburgh for, uh, I for looked Parts him up. Unknown. It's like, oh, dude, that's so cool. I got to get my picture with him. And my phone had died. I was like, Ryan, use your, your phone. Take a picture. So I go over um, and I just, you know, I'm standing at the rail and I'm calling him Anthony, Anthony, and he's he's not the other way. He's not he is attention. okay. Let me just I gotta interrupt. Anthony Bourdain wait, 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 was wait, was QB Browns there? <laughs> Listen, Anthony <laughs> Bourdain was clearly in ears reach of Jim. Like anyone, but who, it was loud though. No, no, no. It if was. someone was yelling as close to you. Jim, as you were to him, Jim, Jim, you're looking. 
You're looking. Period. Period. Well, end of story. But I'm okay. But, but the, the crowd it, noise no. definitely played go. a okay. factor. Okay. Because the first time I called his name, it was I don't know what was going on at the time, but it was right as the crowd level rose. So okay, so he's ignoring you, and then what? So then the usher comes over. The usher notices and says, "Are you trying to get his attention?" And I said, yeah, I just wanted to get a picture with him. He's like, oh, okay. He said, what's his name? So I said, Anthony. So the usher gets his attention and like goes over and says, Anthony. And he, Not turns, knowing it's so somebody he turns around and he sees me standing. He comes over right away. Huge smile on his face. And he knows that I want to take a picture. I, sh- I shake my hand um, and I say, can I get a picture with you? He said, oh, sure. You know, something to that effect. And no, know, no, he didn't say, Oh, our, sure, but he probably I, said something like this. Oh, so, anyways, you know, he puts, puts his arm around me, I put my arm around him. Ryan takes a picture, okay, takes a couple pictures. Then Ryan says, We're from Pittsburgh, we're from how Pittsburgh. Was, no, I said, How was your time in oh, Pittsburgh? Yeah. We're from Pittsburgh, <laughs> and he says, Garble, 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 gook, Pittsburgh, <laughs> and 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 so we're like, huh? So we sit down, and I go, is he Brazilian? And he's like, no, he's American. I go, why did he not know English? I think that guy's Brazilian. <laughs> I think he's Brazilian. I go, that's not your guy. So it, what had um, I had been? <laughs> so so it's not him. But wait, it gets better. <laughs> so wait, let me so see the we're trying to figure out who it is, right? The fight. This is during the Name and Gracie. Um, who did Gracie fight? Yeah. So that ended up being right before um, Ch- uh, Dave Marfone. Dave Marfone. Yes. So Name and Gracie's <laughs> fighting Dave Marfone. That picture probably happens during one of the one of the inter well, in between the in between rounds. So after the fight, Naaman Gracie, who is a member of the 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 Gracie, so the royal gra- family, the royal family of MMA, the Gracie family, comes walking out, getting congratulated, and 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 everyone walks right in front of us to to leave. So and they're within fifteen feet. Yes, yeah, and and within like five feet of Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> so, so it's true. He's walking out, and and he looks up, and he sees Anthony Bourdain, and he's like, "Oh, hey!" And they're like hugging each other, and he's like, "He's like, come on!" And he's like. Name and Gracie wanted him to come backstage with them, and the security guys were like, "Oh yeah, no!" And he's like, "No, no, he's coming with me." Like, it was a member of the Gra- It was a Gracie. It had to be. <laughs> okay, so wait, we, can, can, can you get a side by side of Anthony Bourdain? Now, in my defense, he has a Name and Gracie shirt on. Okay, but I want to see this guy in person. Yeah, I don't know who it is though. We got to find that out. Listen. If you're a, if you're listening to the podcast and you know the uh, who this is, yeah, that's not Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> and you know who this is, 
We believe this is a Gracie, but I don't know how to do, and I'm walking away from the mic. I don't know how to do an image search to get that, but if you know who that is, please email us or comment on the YouTube page. Um, you can email us at info at, at octagon247.com. We would love to know who... who, this, who I found a picture of you with Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> anyway. Now, okay, so one, one little tidbit to add is our trip out there and back, we did, we did Megabus. The How trip, much were your tickets? Trip back... Um, Round trip, how much were your tickets? Mine was free. I don't, know, I don't know how much Ryan paid, but I was free. What? So... Jim's um, in Jim's in debt. Again. You're in debt again. I don't know what he's talking about. Anyways, <laughs> on the way back, on the the trip back Increase was that Weasley check. Oh man, it's bad. My picture yes, with yeah, Tito. Tito. The trip back was was actually comfortable and a pleasant one. Yes, we ended up making a friend um, with. She's now a New York native. And this is well. Then she's not a native. She's well. Just a New Yorker. She's okay. She's a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, her son would be a New York native. Yeah, but that's not her. Right. Anyways, um, and this is her name was Jen. She was from Upper Manhattan, 181st Street, and just and in. We are hoping we get a new download out of her. Jen, you better be listening. We're giving you a shout out. Yeah. Um, so she, somehow that came up about Anthony Bourdain, or just talking about the celebrities that were there. And I said, "Do you know who Anthony Bourdain is?" And she right away she said, "Oh yeah, Parts Unknown." And she started talking about how she watches his show. She's not necessarily a fan of him, but you know finds the show interesting. Um. And Ryan said, you know, we got a picture with him. And uh, he shows her and immediately her face lights up. It's like, oh. and then all of a sudden she gets yeah, this she look goes, on her face. She goes, like, yeah, she's looking yeah. and, and at that point it was unsure. <laughs> no, no it was, no. she I, said, that's not him. Right. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. So you thought that it was until that point? No. That night, well, that night we, we were pretty sure. Because that Anthony it Bourdain him. speaks clear English and <laughs> this guy didn't. I thought maybe you were gonna say he's drunk. No. That would have not been as good of a story. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's uh, this whole time I'm thinking here's drunk Anthony Bourdain. Moving on, we have uh, we're going to kind of tie, so we have Scott Coker, and the obviously biggest fight on the horizon in probably boxing, maybe boxing history, and certainly freak show history, Yeah, which is Money Mayweather versus McGregor, and Scott Coker's take on it, um, he said that, that the UFC is putting... Conor McGregor in harm's way by having him fight Floyd Mayweather. Here's the quote 
Um, he said, obviously, it's going to be a big money maker for everyone, and that's why they're doing it. But you're putting your fighter in harm's way. So what's the long-term impact on that? I'm not sure, but I'll tell you this. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. And that's what Coker told MMA Fighting. Um, I don't... I don't know why he would say that you're putting him in harm's way. Right. Um, if he thinks that there's a competitive disadvantage and, and he's a, he's a, a threat to be seriously injured. But that being said, I think that him saying that is strictly a um, rival kind of thing. Yeah, almost like, you know, a little bit of a hint of jealousy. Correct. Kind of like, you know, somebody buys a new car and you're like, oh, wouldn't want the payment on that. Yeah, you try to delegitimize Yeah, it. like kind of like, well, if you were in that situation and you could make that payment, maybe you'd be driving a Ferrari too. Yeah. But you're not, so... Now, one of the things that, um, that I have completely disagreed with in um, the portrayal of this fight coming up is that it's, you may mention of it being a freak show. Some people will refer to it as a circus. And the, the way, when I hear that, what I picture in my head and the opinion I have is that along the same lines of Coker trying not to give credence or credit to this as a legitimate match... Um, I see it as jealousy, and if you knock it, and it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to, meaning um, a Mayweather victory, then by having downplayed it as much as possible, gives you credit for having made that statement right from the start. The way that I see it is McGregor is an elite athlete in the combat sports arena. Boxing is a part of his arsenal and basically for all of MMA fighters, whether it's Bellator... But it's or, MMA boxing. I, I agree. Well, But I don't think that there's a hu such a huge difference... Oh, there it is. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting there. I don't think that there's such a big difference between MMA boxing... And um, strictly boxing that you would take a fighter from MMA and pit him against um, a boxer. And it's such an overwhelming you're gonna, mismatch. You're going to find out on August 26th. I think, you're thing. completely wrong you on gotta, this. You got to remember when you're, when you're going, when you're, in the, when you're in the octagon or the Bellator cage or wherever you're at, you're fighting inside the cage. And you don't have to worry about kicks or takedowns or anything like that. Completely changes how you move and head movement and positioning and all that kind of stuff. It's called the sweet science for a reason. Head movement's not nearly as important in MMA as it is in boxing. Right. Agreed. Because you have to be worried about so much more when you're in that cage. Well, think about the experience level. So... And, and this is a staggering thing, but think about how many rounds of actual fighting that Mayweather's had boxing. 
and how much just you learn through all that. And, and he's never lost a fight. Right. He's never really been in a bad position, except for... Well, no, he has. He, he's he been has. in some bad he's... positions, but he's never been to a point where you thought it was over. Right. Um, but I'm just saying, after 49 fights, not losing any, yeah. and not really... You know, there wasn't any that were like, oh, we really we have to have a rematch with this one. Well, so, that's all fine and good, but where does this lie? Now, I'm going to play for you... An extreme boxing view of this matchup. This is the, the we're gonna play um, a quote from Jim Lampley right now. CompuBox, which I very much trust and appreciate as an analytical tool, mm-hmm. tracked ten Conor McGregor fights. And I looked last night at the numbers from what they did. And I didn't realize this because I don't watch MMA. He's not an attacker, he's a counterpuncher. He's a guy who stands back, waits for the opponent to come to him, and tries to knock him out with one big shot. You know what Floyd Mayweather does against counterpunchers? He watches them, and he waits for them to make a move on him because he's not going to bother to play into their hands by walking in toward them and giving them opportunity. Here's another thing. In the 10 events that CompuBox tracked, Conor McGregor spent 21 minutes on his feet. He's going to spend 36 minutes on his feet in one fight against Floyd Mayweather. That's a whole new experience. And by the way, Conor McGregor in those fights tracked by CompuBox uh, landed about, or excuse me, threw about 42 strikes per round. That means that not only is he a counterpuncher, but he's a relatively slow-paced counterpuncher. The only two fighters who ever gave Floyd Mayweather any difficulty over long stretches of time were Jose Luis Castillo and Marcos Maidana, two pure brawlers with great physical strength who pushed Floyd into the ropes and threw 75 or 80 punches around trying to land something. That does not describe Conor McGregor. So this is a mismatch in even more ways than I thought was originally the case. So that is the take of Jim Lampley. Even more extreme is this quote and this take by Max Kellerman. Conor McGregor is a pure puncher. The reason I know he's a pure puncher is because I've seen him score knockouts going backwards. That is not easy to do, to hit a guy so hard while your body is moving backward, where the momentum's going the other way, that you knock him out. That means you're a precise puncher for an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. um, yep. and, and you have real punching power. So yes, McGregor is a pure puncher. He has natural punching ability. I'm a great admirer of Conor McGregor's not only technique, but fighting spirit. As Dana White will tell you, you need to make a big event. A guy drops out last minute. McGregor, will you move up and wait to fight that guy? Sure. Let's get it on. You want to do an immediate rematch? Damn right I do. Love everything about McGregor that way, and I love the way he promotes. I'm a big McGregor fan. And if he had been boxing this whole time, maybe we'd be having a different story. But you ain't going to pick it up in three or six months and hit Floyd. Let let me tell you what's going to happen. Conor McGregor will not land a single punch against Floyd Mm. Mayweather. Not one punch. Kellerman doesn't think that Conor McGregor will land a single punch. That's a little far-fetched. Maybe not. Maybe not. But a single punch. That's what I'm saying. Is it possible? We don't know. I mean, it would have to be a very quick fight for him not to land a single punch. I don't think he's going to get knocked out by McGregor. So I don't see how that... By Mayweather, you By mean. Mayweather, correct. I think yeah. he could get knocked out late. Like, 
later just into the fight. Just gets so tired. Yeah, where he's slow to defend himself. I mean, I don't, the longer the fight goes, the more Mayweather is going to dominate. Yeah, McGregor's got a chance in the first round. That's about it. I think first, even the first couple rounds, he think? has a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I hope I'm wrong, because I've doubted McGregor before. But I don't see. I see this as like a zero percent chance that he wins this fight. So you're saying he has no chance? Yeah. Okay. Let's like, hear. I think. I think. I think saying that he has a puncher's chance is generous. A little too generous. Okay. Let's hear from Teddy Atlas about this. Here's the real kicker. A lot of people don't know this. They're gonna sell this saying that McGregor, you know, is gonna be. Uh, it's going to be a cyclone. You know, McGregor's going to be a, a, a heat-seeking missile. But he, his temperament is closer to Floyd's than it is to those things we just described. Mm-hmm. Because I've watched a couple of his bigger fights where he scored those sensational knockouts, and they were sensational. All you MMA people out there that hate me, I think that your sport has great athletes in it. I think they're great in their sport, in their element, with guys that are you know that belong with them not going into the boxing world but when i watched those fights i said wow this guy this guy ain't a seek and destroy guy this guy is a smart clever careful calculating guy this guy's a counterpuncher. He allowed them to rush in, took advantage of their reckless aggression, and scored a knockout. Took a half a step back from the southpaw position, bang! Hit him with the left hand, the power hand from the with the back foot, and he knocked him dead. But he did it on a counter. He did what Floyd does. Not at the level Floyd does, but he's got the same mentality. So now the reality, the reality, and they're never going to tell you this, is you got two counterpunches in there. Two guys that are thoughtful. Two guys that are careful. Even though they're going to sell you, you know, that, that it's going to be, you know, World War 400. That it's going to be, the, you know, it's going to be nothing but volcanoes blowing up and, and, and hand grenades going off. And, and no... These are two thoughtful guys, two careful guys. So if it if it really if that plays out, my goodness, oh my goodness. So Teddy Atlas thinks that this could maybe be a boring fight. Something that Lampley said that um, I completely disagreed with is that. Um, McGregor, you want to call him a counterpuncher, that's fine. But he's not some guy that's backing up. He's moving forward and pressing. So he's countering in the sense that he's playing off of the move of his opponent. But he's always moving. He's mostly moving forward. I shouldn't say always moving forward. But it's not somebody that's back on his heels and countering as he's moving back, this is a guy that is forcing the fight, moving towards his opponent, and not waiting for his opponent to come to him. Um, the other thing is the 36 minutes versus 25 minutes. Completely different level of stamina when you've got to go three minutes and a break, three minutes and a break, three minutes and a break, versus five minutes and a break, five minutes and a break. It's totally different. Your body is 
if, if you're going five minutes at a time and then breaking, you can scale back and do well if you're doing it three minutes at a clip and then taking a break. So to say no, that... You can't do it as well as a guy who has done it for 20 years. But I'm not talking about him being able to have the same level of stamina in the 12th round as he does in the first round. But I'm saying that people are trying to say, oh, he, you know, at best he's, he's done um, 25 minutes once. He's got to go 11 more minutes. The guy can't last that long. But it's totally different. Five minutes and a break, and you scale that back well, to three and, minutes. And the it, amount of energy used in five minutes of MMA, I think, is... is well, I mean, you look at Diaz and, and McGregor, and I don't. They didn't grapple much. They didn't even dirty box. Well, they didn't go in the clinch at all. And he was tired, and both. he was very tired. Well, no, I mean there there was uh, a lot of fighting up against the fence, um, several times, where were both of them. But your point is, I, I agree with it. It's it's a different five minutes. Uh, it's. You know, for some fighters, five minutes is grueling and they're constant pressure. Whereas, you know, standing up and leaning against somebody is totally different for three minutes than what in boxing than what you would have in an MMA fight. He's, he needs to get in his head. McGregor needs to get into Mayweather's head. And well, there's going to be, be plenty of time to do that. I, I, I'll tell you, everybody is going to see the best part of the fight for free on that 10-city tour. I wonder All if that's going to be free, though. They they should charge for that, honestly, because that's going to be better. Well, if they're going to charge for that, then the fight needs to be free. Well, that's not going to happen either. I think we're all going to watch the fight. If, if it were just us three and nobody else is interested, which that's probably not going to happen, we would all pay to see the fight. Did you just... Right? Did you just spill your drink all yeah, over? Yeah, there's water all over. I'll get oh. it later. Okay, good. I have a time to set in <clears throat> the new studio. Yeah, I don't want it to, to just sit there and... Yeah. Yeah, you get it done? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if your goal was to wreck my train of thought, accomplished, because I don't remember where I was Were there. you talking? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Yeah. Was he yeah. saying something? Well, who is that? Yeah. I have no idea. Yep. TD, Terry Dactyl, and yeah. Hissy! I'm sorry, TD. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know where I left off. I'm just. It's it's just the studio thing. No, I don't know where I left off. So okay, well, I would pick up where I left off if I remember where it was. Um, it's 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 nice to know that Conor well, McGregor will have flexibility as well to have sponsors for this fight. He, so he has, can make even more money. He can make even more. Like I mean. Come on, he's not going to make enough from the fight itself. I'm guessing is he doing? You think he's doing a 50-50 split with the UFC? No, no. Um, they're getting something out of it. I don't think they've announced it yet. I think there's been some rumors about. I don't think they're going to announce what the it at fight all. is going to take in, and that they're estimating like 500 million is what uh, the total, like after everything's said and done with all the pay per view buys and and uh, gate live gate draw. But uh, Mayweather made a comment that if McGregor knew 
how much he was getting paid that he'd be mad. Well, there's what, an A side and there's a B side. Yeah. And maybe he always wants to be the A side. The question is who is what and what will be after this fight. I'll tell you what, if if McGregor goes in there and for four rounds, or yeah, McGregor goes in there and for four rounds, looks good against the, uh, the best boxer in history, I think he could improve his legacy. I know what I was saying. The three of us, we watched that fight. You know what we're going to get out of it? Not much. The best part of that fight is the anticipation leading up to it. Because I can tell you that fight, as much as I'm going to pay to see it, is going to be either boring or a letdown or something. I still I think, have to see it. This is the best part of the fight right now. This conversation. What's going to happen? What are they going to say? Well, until, someone, the until someone puts a dagger in it and says, this is going to be the most boring fight. It Dude. is. We just heard that. Yeah. But I'm still going to pay to see it. That's what I'm saying. There I'm is... acknowledging that this is going to be boring, and yet I'm still paying at the possibility that it's not. Okay, so there's one more point of view that I wanted to hear, and that is from the opponent of Conor McGregor that did the most boxing with him, and that's Nate Diaz. They fought in two... Uh, two fights, and here's Nate Diaz's take on the fight. Now, mind you, this was an interview Nate did before the fight was announced. I think this was like in March or something. But this was his take if they were to fight in a boxing match. Uh, I think it is a big publicity stunt, but my take on a boxing match between the two, I think Greg McGregor, I think he's good and he's got... got uh, He's got a good chance to make something happen in two or three rounds, but I think, think that, so. I think if any anything, two or three rounds. But I think he's got an amateur style where he's only only got to get mm. good movement, good punches for six, six, eight minutes, and I think that that's too amateur for Mayweather. I'm just saying he's got a puncher's chance, <laughs> if anything. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> a lucky punch. If anything. <laughs> But as far as skill and technique, like he's got a real, he's got an amateur style, and mm-hmm. like anybody could be good for nine, six, seven minutes, anybody. Yeah. And they all have that puncher's chance, but uh, this guy's ready to go round after round, yeah. and uh, he's, he's gonna be a hard person to get a hold of, so yeah. I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's gonna be a rough one. Absolutely. But who knows? So that was Nick Diaz, or Nate Diaz, rather, talking to Andre Ward. Um, mind you, months, months ago, before the fight was ever announced, uh, just speculating on if the fight were to happen. He's thinking along the same lines I am. The first couple of rounds, I think that that he has a chance, and that's where his chance lies. The further, the more you go into it, the more it's going to favor and enhance Mayweather's superiority in the, as a boxer. I agree with that. I um, I think you know, I think if it does go the distance, Mayweather will do enough. To um, to outpoint him round by round, but my opinion, and I, you know, I am not afraid of going on record now, and I'm going to say that McGregor is—he's going to beat him. It's going to be wait, 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 wait. knockout or say TKO. that again. McGregor's going to win. Do you want to put money on that? 
I'm, I don't bet. But, okay, but, so, so I... Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to take that bet. I, I'm dealing with amateur hour right here, guys. CM Punk and Conor McGregor. Like, I feel like, like now I get it in hindsight when I'm like, CM Punk's going to shock the world. And I'm like, because he's... Because he's really, he's training really hard, and, and this Mickey Gall guy doesn't have a lot of experience. And then I'm like, oh, 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 I see how this works. You're doing that same thing with McGregor. Yes, this is amateur hour. No, this is two completely different situations. If McGregor had been in MMA doing this for just a couple years, I would never go on record as saying that I think he's going to win. But this isn't a guy that just picked up. Um, the itch to do this and yes, it is. So, no, it's not. No, it's yes, not. it is. No, no. I'm talking about being a an elite athlete in combat sports. He's been pursuing this for years, ever since he was so what, so 16 years old. Even even before that. But wait, wait, wait. That that's like saying that because. Um, Mayweather is an elite athlete in combat sports. He could come into MMA and after six months beat McGregor. No. Yeah, why not? He's a more elite level boxer than McGregor. I would say he's got a puncher's chance. Sure. But he would have no chance. He would have no chance. He could train for a year. I don't give him as many years as you want. Mayweather would, would not be able to do anything in an octagon. They wouldn't even sanction it. Okay, well, we're not. Uh, but your your well, but your argument was this isn't his first rodeo. Essentially, you're saying, hey, he's a combat sports stud, and so uh, right. Stop right there. This isn't <laughs> somebody who is middle of the pack, and, and neither would Mayweather going and, and doing the same thing. Attention. And somehow was able to ink this deal to fight one of the greatest boxers of all time in his weight division. This is a guy that is legitimate. Legitimate (laughs) legitimate in MMA. He's never boxed before. Um, But you do know... As a professional. Yeah, but it's Conor McGregor. (laughs) He has never boxed as a professional. Correct. But boxing is part of his training. And no, you have it isn't. Boxing 100%, is not. 100%. It is not. Absolutely. Breaking is part of his training. MMA boxing. boxing is part of his training, which is completely different. Right. When you, when you are in that six-week camp for an MMA fight, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. But he's not in an MMA camp right now. And he yeah, has so heard everything... Several months of of boxing training. Wait, wait, I get hold, I get a comparison on here. But but you're saying that you, it's like you're saying that he's never had any boxing training. There is no skill there whatsoever. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm saying there's no nowhere even approaching an elite level of skill. Um, Are you saying? Jim, are, uh, are you saying that you think Conor McGregor can outbox Floyd Mayweather? I'm not 
I, no, I'm, I'm all I'm talking about is this fight. I'm not talking about uh, in this fight. My prediction are you, is: can he can he win a decision? I'm calling for a TKO. No, no, not I'm asking you how the ways that Conor McGregor can win. Could he win a decision? Um, I'll say it's possible, but highly unlikely. Uh, that's impossible. That's impossible. literally yeah, impossible. It's, it's not impossible. You, it's not. He's impossible. not going to outbox. He, he. The only way he wins is by ending the fight. So McGregor faced off against a world class elite wrestler in Eddie Alvarez. We talked about this and thought. The matchup is a horrible one for him. It would be and, if they were wrestling. But, but my point is, that's the difference. Maybe this is my opinion. You don't. I mean, I'm not trying to argue. And that's why we I'm debate. Just saying yeah, that's I love you. Say he's going to win. I don't want to talk to you right now. Okay. So um, this is between me and Ryan. So to say that he has a puncher's chance, who? McGregor yeah. is saying that you just throw him in with the rest of the pack. But you got to recognize that there are some athletes in, in any given sport that could migrate to another and do well there. He's no Bo Jackson. My point is that... There are people There's a in difference this world. Do well and beat the best ever. That's the difference right there. Here, look. Hold on. No, here, no, no, let, no. But let me tell no. you why they didn't put CM Punk. But the, on, these on are a, your opinions. So, right, right. but let me tell you. I'm why not trying to shoot holes in your opinion. I'm not trying to shoot holes in yours. I'm telling you that based on what I hear, everybody's saying and nobody's really recognizing is that th this guy has not just started. Boxing. Yes, he has. He started out as a boxer. He started out boxing. He That's amateur where he boxed. Came. That's not even in the same. Atmosphere. He came from boxing and moved into MMA. He came as he came from amateur boxing. So, does, well, obviously you got That's where you got to start. You can't come from professional boxing and then backtrack to amateur. He's got that makeup as. A fighter as a boxer. But let me let me tell you let me tell you where I went with the CM Punk thing, and I thought CM Punk was going to win. Here's how I should have known that he wasn't going to win. He went straight from never having a fight to being on a pay per view. That's a red flag because they know that they can probably only get one fight out of it, right? It's the same thing with McGregor. They don't have McGregor going up against even a Joe Schmo because he might get beat by that Joe Schmo. Right, they've got to they've got to take the money matchup right now, and you're gonna find out why you don't cross over and fight the best in the world. And I don't mean the best in the world, McGregor. Jim, you're acting as if because you have an opinion that differs from mine, that it would make really good radio or really good podcasts for me to not disagree with you. No, no, but. Or laugh at you. But <laughs> you have that. Oh, that, that like I want to punch you in the, the face. I'm I'm good with that. I find a button and I. I just I just think that 
there is no credit being given given to the skill that McGregor has as a boxer. Yes, you're correct. Come yeah. on, but you're okay. You're you're, ta- you're talking about a boxer, and you're trying to. I'm not making the comparison with boxing skills and how long uh, McGregor has been doing it versus Mayweather. You know, you stand them next to each you other. You said that he could beat him I'm in a boxing match. He's going to look like a genius, though, if McGregor pulls this all off. All I'm talking about you're the only is... One. No, no, no. No. If McGregor pulls it off... He's going like, to look like a genius. No, no. If McGregor pulls it off either... I'm saying he has a chance in the first couple rounds. Okay. I'm saying so he has He no looks chance. like a genius if, if he wins a decision or a like, mid-to-late fight. No, because he's, he's really going for McGregor. You're not saying McGregor's going to win that fight. He is. Correct. So if it happens, he's the genius and you took the safe road. Now, I'm saying that not only is he not going to win, but it's going to be boring to watch. But I'm still going to pay money to see it. I think there is that potential. You, I, I agree with you. And if it, I, if it does go that route, then it's, it's probably almost a whitewash in Mayweather's favor if it ends up being a boring I fight. I think it'll what? be a clear decision just because, you know... What I find to be the the most outrageous thing that has been said, even probably more outrageous than Max Kellerman saying that Conor McGregor wouldn't land a punch, is you saying that you think there's a chance that Conor McGregor could win a decision. He's saying well, that there's no, a chance. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. Right? Yeah, the chances of him actually outpointing and going the distance... Very, very slim. Highly unlikely that he would win if it goes the distance. But you and I, the three of us, know. I'm saying there's a chance he wins early. There's a chance a Canadian Mountie could show up to accuse you of sodomizing a moose. No, there's no chance. There's a chance of that. It's just not good. No. There, there's no chance of that. I don't no, know. There's, there's the Strange same chance of McGregor winning a decision. Okay, I'm not talking about him winning a decision. I'm telling you You're that to knock him out. He's he's going to TKO or KO. He's not going to say that there's no. Ch- if he thinks McGregor's going to win the fight, he's not going to say that there's no chance that he couldn't win a decision. So he's saying that he's going to knock him out. Correct. Yeah. And and so do you say that wh- when does it happen roughly? Second um, or third. I think it's going to take a few rounds for McGregor to figure out. Uh, Mayweather, he might even figure him out in the first round. But I, I a guy who hold no on, hold on. Has ever I didn't say out. he's not, not going to knock him out in the first round. No, no, no. I said a guy who no one has figured out in twelve rounds, many, many times. The guys that do this, at I want levels. you to be right. By the way, I want you to be right. Look, it, it, it sounds improbable. I agree with he you. He just doesn't want you to punch him now. No, I, like I, I honestly, you were close. I I honestly want McGregor to win this fight because it will literally it will shake the world. I agree. I, listen, I love Conor McGregor. I want him to win, regardless of my prediction being Mayweather will win easily and handily. Yeah. I still want to be wrong. I want that to happen, and will celebrate more than I did when Nick Diaz. Choked him out. 
I will love it and jump around, and it'll be a historic moment Nate. in S- Natius. I keep saying <laughs> Nick. I, you Other know, brothers. Hanging out with him all the time is just like, yeah, in Seattle. But I will celebrate that more so than any. Thing maybe other than Chuck Liddell beating up Tito Ortiz live in UFC 44, whatever. But that still doesn't... I still don't think that unless he gets a one-punch deeply stunned... Can you really do that with 10-ounce gloves? Yeah, yeah. People do it all the time. I don't... I mean... I mean, who knows if McGregor can? I don't uh, know. Yeah. He has some pretty sick power. Yeah. Regardless it's just of where he can land, you know. This is a guy who is like people have had such hard time hitting, and and he's going. He, a guy, the guy that's punching at him, isn't at a level of expertise that the guys that couldn't do it were. So here's something else to keep in mind, and this is what this is. If you look at McGregor's profile, you go to uh, UFC.com or, um, you, you know, you can even find it on uh, Wikipedia. His style listed is my belief. It's not jiu-jitsu. It's not um, karate or any um, true form. He says it's my belief. And when he talks about his skill and what he brings to a fight, he talks about, um, what is it? What is he saying? I don't know. Precision beats power and timing beats speed any day. And he said that several times. And it's, it, you have you cannot take that away from him. It's this is a yes, guy who in is, MMA matches. I will give that to him. Okay, I mean he's first of all, let's give him credit for even getting this fight. You know, to get a guy to come out of, and I, and I'm getting to you on this, getting in his head. He got what many consider to be one of, if not the greatest fighter. In boxing history, to come out of retirement, he didn't get into his head. He got into his wallet. Yeah. Well, yeah. but but no, no. What? Are, There's too much money to be had. I don't. I mean, yes, you have to coax it. You have to kind of work on that, and and he, only he can do those things. I agree. And Mayweather's not doing it because he got in his head. Mayweather's doing it because he can stay relevant. He can make over a hundred million dollars. He's going to make a bunch of money, sure. and he needs a bunch of money because yeah, he spends he a, bunch a bunch of money, money, and he loses a bunch of money. Well, the guy's got money coming out of his ears, though, and you know that. Okay, I'm not even considering the finances of the fight. He got this guy to come out of retirement. Uh-huh. Somebody who... He, What's your point? My point is... He's going to win because he got a guy to come out of retirement? Well, let me ask you this. If the Olympic trials were going on... And Con- we're, we're, no, no, no. no I'm on. asking you a question. If the Olympic trials were going on and Conor McGregor said, I want to try out for the U.S. Olympic team, would you think... He, because he is a, knows how to wrestle and he has some time to train, would you think he would be... He would be able to beat elite level wrestlers. I got no. There's no way for me to comment on that 
Well, I mean, do you or do you not think he would be able to beat elite level wrestlers? I don't think he would. Wrestlers? Yeah. Probably not. Okay, no. no. Okay, I agree. No, he wouldn't. They're they're experts at that. Do you think he could go into the World Jiu-Jitsu Championships and go in and beat a Jiu-Jitsu... And go in and win the World Jiu-Jitsu Champion in his weight class? No. But, but you know what though? He's he's no, no. you're not yeah. being fair in this situation to him because we're talking about a one-time event versus trials. Okay, no, okay. And... The, the the world jiu-jitsu champion in his weight class, do you think he could beat him in a one-off jiu-jitsu match? The answer is no, and I think um, you know the well, answer is no. And I and the answer's not, but the answer's not no when it comes to this event. So okay, so here's something else I wanted to um, to make a comment about, and that is obviously he would be a legend, and um, just go. It, it's going to be one of the biggest sporting spectacles in yeah. history. Okay, mm-hmm. it it may even beat the Pacquiao fight as far as buys. It may. Let me ask you this. But, let me okay, ask so you let, me, let me finish this point. Hold that thought. Let me finish this point. He's, if he wins like I'm predicting, he's still not going to get the credit for having brought skill to the table like because so many, yeah, so many people are saying he's got a puncher's chance. He's got a puncher's chance. And that's so, the only... So even if he does knock him out, then... Yeah. Well, I think it depends on how the fight looked up to that point. If he, if he has a flash knockout where he lands one so hard that he stuns him or just knocks him out with one punch, then people can and are going to say that. But if it was a fairly Two, three, even, four round fight, fairly even, no one really took a... No one really did any damage. There, you know, maybe he won on a couple rounds on the judges' scorecards. Then they're not going to say that. It depends on how, the circumstances of it. Of course, if someone says he has a puncher's chance and he gets apparently dominated and then throws a haymaker, lands and connects and knocks him out, that's what a puncher's chance is. But look, appearing somewhat competitive and then and then getting that knocked out—that's different. I agree with what you're saying, but I just like uh, the boxing, um, the people who are true to boxing and they live and uh, die by that, and that you cannot compare, like boxing is way over the uh, the compete level of MMA fighters, fans who are hardcore, fans who are hardcore won't give McGregor any credit. No matter what he does. No, I disagree. I disagree. I, I think they may diminish Mayweather's. So if McGregor goes in there and, and looks competitive and, and ends up winning via knockout or, you know, whatever. I think they'll say, well, Mayweather looked slower than before, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? He had no business winning that fight. Wow, this guy. I think they're going to. They're going to. If he wins, and it's more than just anything more, it's, if it's competitive and more than just a flash knockout, 
then they will give him credit. I think they'll say, wow, this, this, is is ne- this, is, this has never been done. This is so far, like, we can't believe that someone could be that good that quick. I think they would, absolutely. If this is even a good... If like this he's is a even, freak. If this is even entertaining, it'll be a win. I think it's Everybody entertaining wins. just because it's a big... It's like a circus. Yeah, but remember the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight? We're all watching it like... Yeah, like, oh, when's like, something going to happen? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you've got two elite-level boxers, and they're fighting, and they can't make it entertaining, that's what worries me about Well, this. you know what, though? I, I This is totally different. It would be a different type of boring, if that makes any sense. Because... But how do you see it going, then? Or what... What do you mean by that? Well, but I mean, I I already said before, I agree with you that if it ends up being a boring fight, then it's going to go, you know, to a... Clear decision for Mayweather. For Mayweather, yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, he has imposed his will on the fight. He's controlled it. Um, and And McGregor wasn't able to get through... And be successful. So what if, since they're both counterpunchers, what if they both stayed patient and they both just kind of danced around for a couple rounds, right? Maybe. Well, okay, so what, what I was happen, but... something that I did, didn't get to finish before is that each of us has watched enough of these events, both on the boxing side and MMA that we all know, and it was just a, a fight, was it last night, with Pacquiao, where he lost. And the internet blew up over this, saying that there's just no way that Pacquiao lost. That he, he may have lost a few rounds, but he basically dominated the fight. And they can't figure out how two of the judges had at 117... 111. No wonder. Two. No, two. two had it 115, 113. One had it 115, 113, and two had it 117, 111. I think and you're, and you're now wrong. there's. No, I'm right. You're wrong. Um, and you're going to be wrong about the McGregor fight. So, anyways, um, there is now allegations that, you know, there were some backhanded, you know, under the table dealings here. To throw this. Can you imagine if that were the case with the McGregor Mayweather fight? Oh my. Because think about it. Think about how much money is riding on this. You've got a guy like Conor McGregor paying off seven or eight to one or whatever. If you can, if you could, you know, imagine being able to take that line and paying off a judge, you could, you could afford to pay them a lot of money. Well, I mean, don't you think that the, uh, that betting line is going to come down when it gets closer to the fight? Because, I think a lot of money. You're not going to win. How much are you going to win if you're taking Mayweather? Not much. So people are going to... Pennies on the dollar. Right, exactly. So, I mean, if it's a sure bet, somebody's going to, you know, drop... uh, You know, if they believe it's a sure bet, they'll put a boatload of money on Mayweather and then, you know, just take whatever they're going to get. But I I think money's going to be put down on McGregor and draw that line down because so many people are going to be willing to take that chance for a big payday. But I don't think they're yeah, I don't I think they're only giving like four and a half to McGregor though. So like you get paid 
It's like a, it's a pretty big spread difference, isn't there? Like it's like McGregor's plus four fifty and Mayweather's like minus, minus eight or nine hundred yeah. or thousand. Or so something. my point, you know, with that uh, Pacquiao fight last night. Which which the scorecards were two for one fifteen one thirteen and one one seventeen one eleven which is what I said and you were wrong. I think you're wrong anyways. Here's the official scorecard, and you can just look at it right there one fifteen one thirteen one fifteen one thirteen one seventeen one eleven. Yeah, that's wrong. That's a wrong. Yeah, that's a different so fight. We all live in a different anyways, world. Um, don't leave it to the judges. How many times have we said it? If, if you don't like the way the scoring is going to go, then take it out of their hands and you finish the fight. Well, And then you have nothing to complain about. McGregor is going to need to do that because it's impossible for him to outbox Mayweather because he is not a better boxer than Mayweather. Didn't say that he was a better... I've never said that he was. Well, if to, in order to take someone... And in a prediction and a fight prediction, you'd have to think that one, they either had a puncher's chance and you were gonna go out on a limb there, or two, that they were gonna win because they're better. No. Okay. Well, true. What's the case? Um what, why let's... why why are you predicting him to win? Belief. My belief. That's how us Irish roll. That's our that's our belief system. My belief. McGregor says it. Look it up. Okay. My belief. So, okay. So I was trying to tell you before. Logic. No, because nobody's giving him credit for. So he's going to win because no one's giving him credit. That's why. No, it's got nothing. Whether Correct. you give somebody credit but or that's not. What you just said. But they're they're not looking at his. But it has nothing to do with anyone else. Okay. Just hear me out. I don't care what any of anybody else is saying. I'm just pointing out things that they're not talking about. But what I'm saying is, why do you think McGregor will win? If it's not puncher's chance, if it's not he's a better boxer, why do you think he'll win? Mind games. Uh, I. Th- See, I don't think when it comes to the fight, I'm not sure how much that's actually going to have any effect on Mayweather. Be- what if he kind of like was like almost like, you know, Mayweather's like real defensive and kind of dancing around. What if McGregor starts, you know, shifting his feet and, you know what I mean, almost kind of making a mockery of boxing to try to get McGregor. That's a good right? point. I, so I like, wouldn't be kinda, surprised. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. like, look, I'm coming into your ring and I'm going to make this an embarrassment. This is boxing. I'm going to shuffle my feet and, you know, do, do the old, like, you know. And then he gets well, Mayweather. He almost was that, you. was that against uh, Alvarez where he put his hands behind his mm-hmm. back? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that was showboating. Didn't he say there was a reason why he did that? I forget what it was. I'm sure he... Could have come up with yeah. I no, I, th- I thought he made a comment about it, and it wasn't because you gotta be, but listen. Wait, 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 wait. One thing we're forgetting: McGregor can take a punch from a four ounce glove. Remember, remember, Jose Aldo got a shot in on him before he knocked. You know, before McGregor knocked him out, he wasn't even phased by. It. He says he doesn't even feel these things. So I think I think he's I, gonna get tired before he gets knocked out. 
Well, I mean... You know what I mean? He got tagged by Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz isn't a power guy. So Nate Diaz is a volume puncher, and he got tagged with one punch and went for a shot, which... I mean, how many times has Conor McGregor shot in on legs of anyone, <laughs> let alone a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt? So, I'm not... I, I don't know. I want him to win... I just think it's such a long shot that, and and I don't think that, like the things that Kellerman said that he won't even get a punch in. I think that's ridiculous. I think that I believe that that is discounting him as a an athlete in those things. And when you have guys that spend so much time on. Wrestling, on jiu-jitsu, on um, Muay Thai, on kick kicking, on groundwork, on weight... Tri- and, and, and he's fighting a guy who fought for 20 years. And all that time that he was spending on doing all of those other things, Mayweather was spending on boxing. So to say that there's not a difference in in levels, there there just is. We we need to watch the Mayweather Pacquiao fight again. I agree. I'll watch it. Right? Just just to let's yeah. is there anything in there that we can see that Conor McGregor could take advantage of? And then we talk about that on the next podcast. Sure, we could do that. Um, are there thing are there other things that we haven't hit yet, but so we don't just beat up on Jim to end the show? Are there any other things that we wanted to to hit on? Um, I'll make a prediction. Um, I, my prediction is that this ten city fight tour is going to provide all the entertainment and all the hype that is going to deliver. Lots of podcast material for us. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm looking more forward to the to the jawing matchup between McGregor and Mayweather and the theatrics involved with that more so than the fight. Yeah, I I I that, the, the verbal fight is what I'm looking forward to. That I feel like will have some merit. Absolutely, it will. And 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 I'd love for them both to, but I just don't know. Let's talk about guys. This is the biggest week for fans of the UFC. International Fight Week is. Excuse me, is this week? Um, capping off the week is UFC 213, which is happening at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Um, that's on pay-per-view. It is, uh, the, the week is really for the fans. Uh, there's a ton of stuff going on in Vegas. On Wednesday, there's a live taping of Fox Sports 1 UFC Tonight, as well as uh, the Ultimate Fighter Talk. Um, there's all kind of stuff uh, that, that that fans can get involved in starting on Wednesday. Uh, in addition to the tapings of those shows, fans can also attend open workouts on Wednesday um, for both the fighters in the, the Ultimate Fighter 25 finale and UFC 213. Uh, doors will open at 12.30 p.m. First fighter will work out at 1 p.m., um, obviously, the Ultimate Fighter 25 finale is headed headlined between Michael Johnson 
and former World Series of Fighting Champion Justin Ga Gaethje. Um, UFC 213 is headlined by Amanda Nunez and uh, Valentina Shevchenko. How do you say Shevchenko. Shevchenko. I can, yeah. Smith. I think it's Smith. Smith. Yeah. Call it a bullet. And then, obviously, the fight I'm most looking forward to is the fight between Robert Whitaker and Yoel Romero for the interim uh, middleweight championship. There are all kind of stuff going on. There's a women of the UFC panel discussion on Wednesday at 3.30. It's going to have Joanna Jovacek. Smith. Smith. It'll have Cyborg. It'll have Misha Tate, Michelle Watterson, Paige Van Zant. That will also be on UFC Fight Pass for those of us that will not be in Vegas. Thursday, there are UFC Legends panel. This is why UFC Fight International Fight Week is so. There's so much going yeah, should on. Be there. I know we should be there um, next year, 2018. We're we we gotta go. Um, UFC Legends panel is at uh, the Park Theater and doors open at 2:30. There's the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That's at 6.30, there's autograph, there's so much to do, and that's all leading up to the weekend of fun, there's, there's all kind of stuff, Tito Ortiz is even supposed to be there, how's Tito gonna be there, um, he'll probably, he's probably not under any exclusive contract, um, Taking a look at the main card for the pay-per-view of UFC 213, uh, going a little bit further down on the card, we, we are obviously said the championship fight between Nunez and Shevchenko. Uh, we have Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker, but also we have Curtis Blades. Um, he will be fighting, and hey, they gave him uh, the, the middle of the card of the pay-per-view. This is a guy that in his last fight absolutely manhandled uh, his opponent, which is our, uh, a local Pittsburgh guy, and uh, there was a knee injury involved, and, and we're, we're uh, uh, you know, hoping for a, a speedy recovery for him. Um, Alistair Overeem and Fabricio Verdum and Jim Miller and Anthony Pettis, that's all on the main card. There is, this is a great week of fights. Access to the fighters is never bigger than it is for UFC Fight Week. We will be podcasting um, next Sunday night, and maybe, well, maybe we might have a, a, a quick podcast at some point during this week. Like I said, we need you to go on, like our podcast, review it, and subscribe. And um, on the YouTube page, you can um, comment on our videos there as well. And that about wraps us up. You guys got anything else? Nope. Just, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we do get another podcast in. I'd like to do that so that we can talk about the UFC card that's coming up. Yeah, it's a it's a great card, uh, particularly the, um, the main card of UFC 213 on Saturday night. But there's also some, some big names on the... the 
tough enough. Uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale. You got Michael Johnson and Justin Gaethje, obviously. But there's Brad Tavares is on the card. CB Dalloway and Herman are on the card fighting each other. Jessica I, Cleveland native, who uh, we spent some time with up in Cleveland, is on the card. So there are um, Travis Brown's fighting. Uh, you know, we, we referred to him as... As uh, Mr. Rousey. Mr. Rousey. I thought I was Mr. Rousey. Well, and new Mr. Rousey. There's there's a lot of uh, good stuff going on with this card. So we will hopefully get another podcast in later in the week. Um, looking forward to the action. It is uh, it is much look uh, very hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. And so um, if you guys are you guys good? Yeah. Good. All right, on behalf of the crew here at Octagon247.com and MMA FanCast, we thank you for listening. We ask you to like, rate, and review, and subscribe, and show us the love. And so on behalf of the crew, this is Ryan Middleton signing off, saying thank you, God bless, and good night. Or maybe not good night. If you're listening to this, Good morning. In the morning, good it's morning. good morning. Yeah. And if good afternoon, good, I mean afternoon, I would want it to be a good one. Good and day. if I don't see it, good afternoon, good evening, and good day. Who's that? True. True. Yeah. All right. God bless. <laughs>